Welcome to the GT Reboot Gaming Trends Podcast for all preview and review and news discussion. We have a great show for you this week. All the game sales are down. This week we talk about Watch Dogs 2 and Dishonored 2, talking about the lower than expected sales numbers for all those games. Then we discuss the games themselves. Mike Pierce and I are soloing the show this week, talking about our experience with Watch Dogs 2 and some of the other games, and a little banter on Game of the Year discussion. We're so excited to have you here this week, so let's boot up! Hey everyone, gamers, girls, nerds, and everyone alike, welcome back to the Gaming Trend Reboot Podcast. I am your co-host, Mike Pierce, joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Joey DeClara. Joey, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Mr. Mike Pierce. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. So, it's a pretty slow news week during this wonderful Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. of A., Today is uh, Black Friday, and there's, like I said, there's not a whole lot going on, really. We're just going to talk about lagging sales. Watch Dogs 2 and Dishonored 2 have come in at much lower sales than I think either of the companies would particularly enjoy. But nonetheless, they're good games, and they're just not selling well. Yeah, that's that seems to be the case. It, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not selling well. Uh, so basically, looking at the charts this week, uh, Watch Dogs 2, uh, according to one Tom Phillips from Eurogamer, uh, did some analysis of the charts, of the weekly charts, uh, which don't uh, include digital sales, which should also be considered. But the UK charts there showed that Watch Dogs 2 was well under the sales of its predecessor, Watch Dogs, in its first launch week. Um, I think it was saying that it's around the watchdogs one was around 380 uh, units sold first week and yep, then last yeah during the last the original watchdogs yeah right and then this game has only sold around an estimated 80,000 uh, units so far yeah and you know what you bring up an interesting point with the digital the digital thing I didn't even for some reason I didn't even think about that because I so rarely get anything I well no I, that's not true I all my steam games are all digital download but on console i always try to get the physical copy and so for some reason i like an ignorant moron i just assumed that that's what everybody else does too and uh but you're right i wonder it would be interesting to see how much digital downloads have grown since the original watchdogs came out or if they haven't really changed at all if the trend is about the same as it was i don't know sure yeah yeah i'm sure there's plenty we could learn from statistics just from uh the grow the growing trend that is digital sales, obviously, uh, right. for games on launch week, for games uh, with longer tails, you know. But in general, uh, well, for in general, I buy my games physical right now only because I use Amazon Prime and I like to buy games newer. Uh, right. And we don't get as many games um, from retailers at launch, uh, except for maybe one review copy or one review code. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically up to us to provide ourselves with games. Um, but... It's normally physical for me with Amazon. But besides that, uh, yeah, it's been a growing controversy, a growing issue with uh, certain charts not taking into account digital and physical sales. You know, units shipped, units sold, f digital 
uh, digital units sold, I guess you would call them units. That's actually very important to know. Um, but other than that, I mean, this certainly points to, I think, moreover, and a general le- lack of people going out and buying games immediately. More than it does people switching over to digital. I don't think a mass major- majority of people are just swarming to digital now. And yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, this is clearly showing a trend of people not buying games at launch. Uh, we were at talk- least yeah, not these two. Sure. Um, these were the big releases in the past week, right? They're also sequels uh, to successful games. Um, so normally you expect sequels to do better than their predecessor because there's hype built up. Uh, normally, they, very often in video games, the sequels are better, uh, especially to their initial games. It's like that Assassin's Creed effect. You know, Assassin's Creed 1 had these cool ideas and cool aesthetics and cool world, but they didn't really flesh it out enough. And then Assassin's Creed 2, a lot of people regard as being uh, the coming to as that for that franchise. Um, so you normally expect sequels to do better. And in this case, it's very much the opposite. Well, yeah, and you know, uh, you could look at Titanfall 2 that way as well. I mm-hmm. mean, a little bit of a different situation because the... Um, well, actually, no, I guess it, it really is similar. I mean, the first one did not do all that well. It had a lot of potential. A lot of people recognized the potential in it. But there were, as we've talked about on this show before, there was a lot of... Uh, there was just kind of a lot of missing content. There was no campaign and a lot of a lot of complaints with the game in general. But everyone recognized that it had a ton of potential... And, you know, this year they added the campaign and bigger, Mm. better multiplayer, better graphics, pretty much better in every way. And it has gotten phenomenal reviews, too. Yeah. It's gotten fantastic reviews. And um, it's just not selling well. And like we we talked about before, that could be due to the way it was kind of smashed in between two other big hits. And you could could maybe say the same thing about Watch Dogs 2 and uh, Dishonored 2. I mean... I wonder if maybe after all this, you know, maybe finally games companies are going to start spacing things out during the year a little bit instead of this like mad rush in November and December and sort of the end of October that basically I think, you know, forces a lot of people into sort of going, well, shit, I like all these games or all these games look cool, but I can only buy one or I can only buy two, maybe. Yeah, having these two games come up uh, now, following the lesser sales, the underwhelming sales of Titanfall 2 uh, really intrigued me. Um, Titanfall 2, we we tried to pick apart what was the issue and what was better about Titanfall 2 and why it should have sold and why it didn't. Uh, and, I mean, me and you, we just pretty much wrote it up as EA released a game right next to it that was um, regarded as a much better, it was a much bigger franchise and it was a much mm-hmm. more anticipated game. Uh, and that was a terrible idea. And it was right before also Call of Duty coming out. So, yeah, sandwiched between two massive shooters is a terrible idea. And I still think, I still contend that that's a big issue. Uh, but seeing these two games follow up afterwards and showing a similar trend, that's very confusing. These are all sequels, you know, Titanfall 2, Watch Dogs 2, Dishonored 2. They're all sequels to initial games that did well and showed potential to do even better. They are all games that could have that showed a lot of signs of improving on their systems right dishonored 2 mm-hmm. dishonored 2 i don't know if that's necessarily the case i've reviewed it and i felt 
that it was very much a reiteration more than any kind of innovation on it besides adding a new playable character, right? Emily is like this whole really awesome thing that adds to the game. But aside from that, it's the same game. And then Watch Dogs 2, it's a new tone, it's a new city, it really makes the gameplay loop a lot more fun. Uh, We haven't talked about Watch Dogs 2 on this show yet, but we've played it a little bit this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. And then, um, what was the other game? Uh, Titanfall 2, like you said, it added these other, uh, other features, like a campaign, and changed around gameplay mechanics for the multiplayer uh, that I don't think we're... I wouldn't say they're missing features from the first game. Uh, it's not like Respawn promised it to its audience, uh, right. but they weren't there. And they were things that we've come to expect of a multiplayer shooter, a campaign, and then maybe not we expected better multiplayer action, but it just a lot of people felt that it didn't have legs to stand on. Well, and, and that's kind of why I use the term missing. I mean, I guess technically nothing was missing because they probably shipped it exactly the way that they wanted to, or at least... I assume that they yep. did. I could be wrong about that as well. But right, right, yeah. um, what I meant by missing was just like, there's a certain amount of, you know, for AAA games, especially for a release title, because that was a, uh, that was an Xbox one release title. I think people have come to expect single mm-hmm. player and decent multiplayer and, you know, other sorts of features like that. And if you look at it in terms of what people have come to expect from AAA games, especially console release titles, Titanfall number one was was actually missing quite a few things, unfortunately. But mm. it, but no doubt it had a ton of potential, and that potential has now been, I mean, pretty damn realized, well realized yeah. in in number two because number two for I mean across the board has gotten phenomenal reviews. Like yeah yeah nobody's really said anything bad about it yet. So yeah, I agree. And yeah, and that's the argument that was made all of what was it last year not even last year it was like 2013 through 2014 and even last year with like battlefront you know games coming out and not having evolve uh Mm -hmm. not have battlefield titanfall and then even rainbow six siege these games not having a campaign a single player campaign that being the main issue uh gamers were having and yeah, that is something we've come to expect. And we made that argument all year long, last year, and even the year before that. And turns out it doesn't necessarily matter. Like Battlefield came out and uh, did phenomenally. Um, but yeah, this game did improve on that and it added to the experience. And people aren't going out and buying it. Or they're not buying physical copies. But like I said, I think that universally, chances are these games aren't performing as well. And some evidence to that would be their uh, prices right now. Uh, it's Black Friday, as we said. So prices are obviously going to be... Um, sorry, I was checking to make sure I was recording. <laughs> I was just like, it got paranoid for some reason. <laughs> uh, the prices right now are obviously Black Friday prices, so they're going to be slashed across the board. But these games are significantly new, and they're all showing up at uh, $40, $35, or even less than that. Uh, specifically... Titanfall 2 was slashed down to $35 before wow. the Black Friday. I did not know that. Yeah, That's before cheap. yeah, before even the Black Friday deals were being revealed say like Monday of this week. So that game was very clearly not doing well. Regardless right. of digital numbers or retail numbers, it doesn't matter. That game was obviously getting hammered and for reasons we could imagine or maybe it's something else, you know, like what else could possibly factor into this? 
Uh, and I've been thinking about that all week, and I'm wondering what you think. Like, let's take the Titanfall out of the situation. Look at all three of these games and think like, what's changed, if anything? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it could be so many things. It's it's so hard to predict these it, things. It's and, true. And you know, you really you kind of just have to look at the the unknown mentality of the masses of gamers out of there. But um, I mean, I've got a few guesses. You know, like maybe. Maybe people are becoming a little saturated with shooters because almost every single one of these games we've talked about, well, hell, I mean, they're all first person except for Watch Dogs, basically. And um, yep. now Dishonored isn't a shooter, Yep. Um, but it's first person and there's still, I guess, some similarities, maybe. Yeah, they're not, all like violent action games, but, sort of. You know, there's yeah. there's there's something to be said about Watch Dogs and its non-violent approach. But yeah, I agree. They're all first person, yeah, and I think shooter based people action are games. a little saturated or something, or you know, and 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 I think there's also like I was saying before. I think there's it could be as simple as a money aspect. You know, you've got five, six big games coming out, all of which um, have fans and have a decent following, and. I bet you could assume that most gamers would probably like three of them, maybe two mm. of them. I don't know. And it, let's say you only like two out of the six, and yeah. that's still that's still one hundred and twenty bucks. That's yep. a lot of money in the space of three weeks, four weeks, whatever. So it could be as simple as you know, hey, I spent one hundred and twenty dollars, and I don't really want to spend any more. Damn it, because I got Christmas coming up. And yep. I got to buy presents for, you know, five other people, ten other people in my life or whatever. So it could be that or or maybe, I mean, Titanfall is an interesting one. I think to me, Titanfall is the most interesting because it uh, got such good reviews. And like we said... These all did just... critically well. You know, Watch Dogs may have been the uh more the closer to the lukewarm reviews uh but it still did reasonably well and it's a good game if i can attest to anything i've only played a few hours of it but i like it you know it's fun uh it's light-hearted and there's uh, and there's plenty to do uh and it's it works you know the multiplayer doesn't work really but other than that it it works well and <laughs> yeah. it's it's a fun game um dishonored's a great game in my opinion and titanfall 2 is a great game. It has a good campaign, you know, not incredible. A lot of people like it a lot. Uh, I think it's good. And yeah, I think really like you nailed it when you said like oversaturation is a thing. Just not even shooters necessarily. Maybe violent games, maybe games. Action games. Yeah, sorry? Snap. Action games? Yeah, just, action because games. Because they're all action games. Yeah, basically. exactly. Action games, violent games, games in general. We have a lot of games this fall. Um, and then indie games are now a thing, and, and also people are still playing Battlefield. People are still playing Call of Duty. Call of Duty's high in the charts right now. It's number one, I'm pretty sure, in most charts, if not all of them. And yeah, I, there's a lot of games out there, so people are still playing them. People are still uh, digging their teeth into it. And then at the same time, I think maybe, like, this is my hopeful side, thinking that maybe people aren't as ready to jump into games without seeing the games first now after mm -hmm. the debacle that was well so many games but uh notably no man's sky like maybe everyone isn't jumping on because that was the realization of i assume the masses and the people the the vast majority of non-avid gamers who saw a really cool game and then was completely disappointed by it you know i think 
I mean, even though I think even though Dishonored 2 did not go that same route, I think it still tapped into those fears with the whole um, we're not giving review copies out until what was it, 48 or 24 hours or no, it wasn't. It wasn't even early. It was the same, the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, they so were. They this, said I mean, not until the day before, and then right. they did this weird thing where they said if you pre-ordered the game, you get it a day early. Uh, which right. is now a thing for a couple of games. There was some early yeah, access Battlefield stuff with Battlefield, yeah. and then there was uh, Gears of War. You could buy an Ultimate Edition and get it what a couple days early or something. Yeah, and, God, yeah, I forgot Gears of War now too. And damn, yeah. I mean, so a lot of these games are yeah. So they bypass the whole oh it you you'll get a review copy the day before because consumers could get it the day before too. You know, I, I had gotten my copy. Uh, we had, I co-reviewed the game with Hunter, and I'm pretty sure Hunter got a review copy. I'm not sure. But then I had just got my copy that I pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, so that's easily a factor. People feeling more abated about their excitement for these games and jumping in because publishers are not being as transparent about reviews. Reviews aren't going up early. That's my ideal, my more idealistic hopes for why this is happening why people aren't just buying games on day one uh i don't think that's the case though uh i think it's possible yeah i mean like we said it could be it could be so many different reasons you're right but i I agree with you ideally i I would like to think it's because people are tired of this pre-ordering stuff because they've been scared away from it by bad experiences such as no man's sky yeah (laughs) that's gonna that is forever going to live as the example of pre-order disappointment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My God. Like, like it, there has it, never been a debacle like that ever yeah, it before had been, that I can think it of. It had been building up to that, right? Like, we, we had seen over and over games being released. We talked about this before on the show, about games that were being released that were broken and, or that weren't the game we expected. Watch Dogs 1 was one of those things, you know? It was... Um, Hell, heavily Watch marketed. Dogs 2 multiplayer doesn't even work yet. Sure, there you go. <laughs> Watch Dogs multiplayer still doesn't work. Well, it's it's getting better, but it doesn't work. Uh, right. Dishonored 2 had issues on PC. All these games still same issues, but No Man's Sky was just the coup de gras of this. You know, like it was absolutely not the thing you had seen. It did not do half of the things you expected. And who's to blame? We don't, won't get talk about that. The point is, it wasn't what people expected. I feel like though that might be too focused. Maybe that's that can't factor for all these yeah. lack of sales. You know, it's got to it, be a multi a multifaceted thing. Yeah, there's absolutely. no way it's just there's there's no way there's a you know like a um, there's no there's not a single smoking gun. It's it's a series right. of reasons for sure. And right, I think yeah. I think it's money. I think it's genre yep. saturation. Maybe is a good a good way to say it. Just like people are tired of action games. I mean, let's not even forget people have been playing the shit out of Overwatch since that came out in uh, what springtime, right? Yeah, Sometime like Overwatch spring. might be the game that just. They're like, okay, we have the greatest game now, so we can just keep right. playing this, you know? I mean, people, Or they like, waited till they got Battlefield, and now they're just playing Battlefield or Call of Duty. Yeah, 2016 seems to be the year of big blockbuster shooters, for whatever reason. And 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 and, and then other big action games, too. And yeah. so, I mean, and hell, and FIFA 17 just came out, which I completely forgot about. And, uh, and we still got more to go. We got FIFA, or um, not FIFA, but... um. Uh, Final Fantasy coming yeah, up Final here. Fa- really soon. I'm interested, yeah, to see how Final Fantasy specifically does. L- Last of Us, not Last of Us, excuse me. Last Guardian, uh, I'm sure won't do that well. I'm sure it'll do well though. 
Uh, it'll mm-hmm. make the charts and everything. But uh, I'm interested to see if the same trend comes for Final Fantasy. I can't imagine because uh, the hype is so huge for this game right now. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Absolutely. It's economy. It's 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 game saturation or genre saturation. Uh, there was just everyone's down because this is just a fucking disparate election and awful, you know, <laughs> things happening. And, and, you know, Thanksgiving is even kind of ruined because things going on in, in at Standing Rock, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things happening and people are like, Oh fuck, you know, and, and their money's short too at the same time. So yeah, I, I wonder if, uh, if we'll see it change in time or if this is a new thing for games, maybe gamers are more aware you know, watching YouTube more, waiting for the Twitch streamers to get their games first and watch them play it, engaging it instead of just having to be there for pre-order day, you know? Right. And I'm just, just is just, just saying this anecdotally, uh, um, but it would be amazing if somehow this trend led to big releases being spaced out a little bit more, because mm-hmm. I think... Uh, certainly as someone in the media who actually has to review these things and it's part of my job and my career and what I do, sure, it's, it's exhausting and, and saturating and, uh, and it's a really busy season. Yeah. Um, and it's not the season that you want to be really busy in, you know, I mean, the holidays are special for every, for most people and you kind of want to relax and take things easy and get fat and gain 15 pounds, drink a lot, <laughs> lay around, say hi to your friends, do whatever, you know, I mean, and sure you can eat a lot and gain plenty of weight and drink while you're playing video games. But, um, but you, but you see my point and, and, and just for your wallet too, you know, like, you know, what if battlefield had come out in May and, and gears of war had come out in like July and then call of duty came out in October or something. And then, you know, it would be nice if these things were, we're spaced out a yeah. bit for, it for would, everybody. It only not, would benefit not just the game. us, but consumers too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would only benefit the game itself too. You know, we hear to people like imagine if Titanfall had come out in the summer. I I can't imagine that being possible, obviously, because right. you know, that game had to be ready. Uh, but the game would have done so well in the summer, like in July or something, when or June when there were no games. You know, right. that's that's the time to do it, and. Um, and spacing it out sounds good, you know, but schedules need to work with that. Uh, and and publishers need to be savvy to that, you know. Uh, EA showed that they weren't interested in spacing out their games. In fact, they put them right fucking up against each other. <laughs> so, and that didn't work out for at least one of the games. Uh, and isn't FIFA? FIFA's EA too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, EA Sports, that's a, yeah. There's, there's another one. So I'm sure that's taking away that, some. Uh, I mean, some people I would say see. like. FIFA, well, uh, yeah, I feel like FIFA is like one of the most popular franchises of all time. I feel, if not the one, possibly the most. Yeah, yeah, so I can't imagine that's going to have any issue. Uh, That is a totally different genre. You know, people uh, criticize EA for saying something like, oh, well, they're two different types of shooters. It's like, are you kidding me, man? They're two shooters. That's, they're two first person shooters. You can't put them up against each other. Yeah. FIFA is another story, you know, that can operate on its own, you know, friends and family I know who don't listen to a a lick of uh, video game news, play FIFA and even may pick it up on uh, launch week. So you mean your family don't listen to this joyous, wonderful, Ah, informative podcast that we have going here, Joe? (laughs) Maybe I'll uh, send out a Facebook thing. One of those awkward (laughs) family things. Please support. (laughs) 
So just to wrap things up, uh, we talked a whole lot about Watch Dogs 2, and we touched on uh, Dishonored 2 quite a lot as well, but thought I should just actually mention the stats here for Dishonored 2. The, what we were referencing uh, was a GameSpot article that actually... Um, it uh, it quoted the same the same organization called Chart Track from the UK, and what Chart Track is claiming or saying at least is that Dishonored 2 sold 38% fewer opening week copies than the original game. So that's yeah. pretty significant. That's almost 40% lower than the initial week release. Uh, of the of the first game, yeah. So For a new IP that's, too, that's always right. you know a riskier game. So and it was right. successful. Uh, yeah, and it was a really well acclaimed game, and, and a lot of people liked Dishonored One. So, like you said, you would definitely expect this sequel to perform better. Yeah, and they but, marketed uh, it like crazy. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I I'm really interested to, interested to see how games do in the coming year. You know, if we see mm-hmm. a similar trend or if it's just in the t- in the now, you know, in the fall and winter uh, turning of the season and uh, Christmas season, well, holiday season. I'm, I'm interested to see uh, the next few game releases. Like, I'm interested to see, like, how Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Final Fantasy and South Park uh, Fractured But Whole do. <laughs> Dude, I can't help but chuckle every time I hear that. Your That's favorite, so I know, I know. I'm so pumped for that game. I mean, Game's I'm glad, like I'm I said, sure. that they that they delayed it to January, and I think it'll end up being a good move for them. But I'm yeah, that's sad because like I was really stoked to play that in December. I was really pumped to play that in December. But oh well. Oh God, I could any any fewer games I can take, I will. You know, there's so many yeah. games. I, I finished Dishonored two, and I finished my review. And immediately mm-hmm. started playing Watch Dogs. And while I like Watch Dogs, I was I wanted to like ruminate on Dishonored a little more. You know, I'd been waiting for it a while. You know, I don't know if you know Mike, but Dishonored one, I'm quite a fan of. So I, I, you know what, I didn't know that. Why don't you Why don't you tell me at right, length? Maybe another why time. you like Dishonored maybe, one? Maybe on our more evergreen podcast, <laughs> I'll I'll start gushing more on Dishonored one. That's pretty much the news for this week, everyone. Um, basically, sales have been disappointing for Sonder uh, 2 and Watch Dogs 2. Not a whole lot else has happened this week, which is surprising, but also kind of nice. Um, so, Joe, why don't we just shoot the shit for a minute? Why don't you just tell me what you've been playing this week? Oh, well, uh, as I said, I started playing Watch Dogs. Well, Watch Dogs 2, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's um, very, very gta just like uh, Watch Dogs One was, and but it it benefits from that. It's a it's a much more lighthearted, much brighter game than Watch Dogs One, uh, with its really brooding, older male, vengeful protagonist Aiden Pierce in that first game, who is just really hard to like and really hard to relate to, and. Just a silly game in general. I didn't like Watch Dogs. Are you trying to draw a parallel between me and and the uh, no, not at all. I don't see you as brooding. You're oh, but you see me as unpleasant and vengeful and resentful. No, yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes, vengeance deep in the heart of Michael Pierce, of course. 
But um, oh my god, you even called me by my full name, you uh, bastard! Cute. So I'm yeah. glad I haven't told you my middle name. You sound like my mother here in a minute. <laughs> so this game, much more fun, much more lighthearted. Uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. At least it hasn't in the first uh, few hours. I've actually been spending a lot of time open worlding, as I like to say. I wasn't. I haven't been following the mission trails too much. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly, I've just been playing. A lot of the activities it gives you and um, leveling up my character. Uh, but it's a very hip game. It does a lot of cool millennial things. Um, that It's a little <laughs> less, a little a bit on the younger side because there's a lot of references and a lot of lingo and a, a lot of things that I'm not uh, savvy to. Like uh, the style is just so wacky and is very clearly what kids are wearing in like not the city but in you know la out uh, the city to me is new york city uh but out in la oh and san francisco Talk about and the, the silicon East Coast Valley. bias yeah the yeah the city that... is the city that i live in there are no other cities just fine yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah no no sorry <laughs> uh, what i think of is new york and everyone wears black and that's it whereas over there <laughs> it's true and over over in the west coast you know everyone's got bright colors and they're wearing like either really skinny jeans or really bulky wrapped up jeans and weird like uh, puffy jackets and stuff. It's like the style is so bizarre, but very colorful and very bombastic and it's cool. And that is really walking- interesting. I mean, because I'm, you know, so it's set in San Francisco and obviously I'm in Seattle, which is not, it's a hell of a lot closer to uh, Seattle than you are. Sure. Um, but uh, it, it like Same I didn't think the style was weird at all and I'm older than you. Sure. And um, that must just, I mean, I'm sure that there are differences between Seattle and San Francisco. And I've, and I've been to San Francisco before and yeah, it's different. But I it's mean, not, there's, there's some weird, different. there's some weird getups and watch looks like there's these pants that uh, looks, it billows like at the knees and it's really weird. It's weird. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's, game, that's fringe shit, yeah. man. That's not, that's sure. not, not like nobody wears but, that. But bullshit. it's a very, it's a very <laughs> hip game. Uh, they they talk in like memes and in, in they use like emoticons uh, on the guy with the glasses that like shows it projects emoticons out of it. It's really really weird, bizarre kids uh, that are hackers and they're a part of this group that's kind of like anonymous um, or any nameable uh, young minded uh, hacker group or DDoS Do you know- attackers. Do you know what it reminds me of in a weird way? And I don't know if you've seen it before. Did you ever see that old, uh, I think it was either 80s or early 90s kind of cult sci-fi movie called Hackers with Angelina Jolie in it? Uh, I don't think so, no. Oh my god, well you have to see that. That's where the, sure. the term Hack the Planet came from and all that bullshit. Well, I never heard and, Hack the Planet before. Oh I've my god, it. you have to watch it, dude. That is the, the oh... It is phenomenal. Just, just in how ridiculous it is, you can laugh at everything that happens. In I that was movie, getting, I was getting that. I wasn't getting. Yeah. it's such a phenomenal film. You need to really. It's profound. Yeah, no, yeah. And oh, complete garbage film. <laughs> Total garbage film. Yeah, but I got hysterical. that. Hysterical. Okay. And in a it. weird way, the group in Watchdogs. So I should say, I started playing Watchdogs this week too. I've only played an hour or two, but the little group that you're a part of, DeadSec, is what they're called. Uh, yeah. They like a hacktivist kind of remind group. me. Yeah. yeah, they kind of remind me of the hacker group that was in the movie Hackers. In sure, a, yeah. Chances are this, this movie, whatever way. it is, it's probably based on Anonymous because that's like the hacktivist group. While there are many right. others, that's the one that is uh, has the most resonance, at least in mainstream media. And right. uh, I've been watching a documentary about uh, Anonymous recently. 
Yeah, there's an anonymous uh, documentary on Netflix, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the one uh, it's I've been we are le- it's I think it's strange. called We Are Legion. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the southerner dude with the cigarette who has, like, the leopard mounted on his wall and he's wearing a suit? And he actually sounds like um, uh, Mr. Mackey from South Park. Like, he actually speaks like oh, that, I'll dude, remember. minus, minus I, the mm okay. <laughs> no, I don't he, remember at all. But The dude is just totally taking the piss. There's no way he's serious. He's okay. just sitting in front of the camera just fucking with people. But. All right. All right. Anyway. anyway, so Watchdogs Two back back on the rails. Watchdogs Two. Um, what I'm loving about it specifically, uh, and I'm hearing a lot of people talk about this, is how um, it can be a violent game. Uh, not in like blood and gore in the way that uh, GTA maybe or Dishonored maybe, but it you can go around and shooting and killing and exploding cars and all sorts of things. But I have done none of that, uh, and it feels tonally dissonant. Uh, with the rest of the world and your character and your abilities to do something like that because mostly what I focused my skill trees on is uh, upgrading my bots and uh, being able to control cars and things like that and every time I go into an area where you can uh, normally stealth through the area or um, blow your way through to get either um, upgrade points which I think are called uh, research points and or money or do a mission that's stealth based uh generally i don't actually infiltrate the space myself uh i send my bots in like you get a little uh mobile drone that uh you know runs around the area like a i forget what they're called but you know a two-tired drone that it's called a jumper Mm -hmm. and you can jump and hack uh computers physically or you can throw in your actual drone like your helicopter drone your quadcopter Mm -hmm. drone and you could just fly around and uh, hack forklifts and uh, set off little trip alarms that people get distracted by. And you can send that drone in to uh, hover around and space uh, scope out the area and distract other guards so that you can send your little um, ground-based drone to go in and physically hack little computers that you have to go to. And generally, that's how I go about most of my missions and don't ever actually infiltrate the place myself unless I have to take my stun gun and don't even kill people then and go in and take out a couple of guards to make room for my drones. So I'm loving that the game is very, very nonviolent or at least lends itself to that far better than actual violence. Cause I haven't really right. done anything like that yet. Um, I, uh, so I've only played it for a little bit, but I, I kind of got the same vibe. I got that it was less violent than things like GTA and, mm. um, I don't know. Like it, it seems, it seems a little bit more funny, a little more playfully funny. I mean, yeah. GTA is definitely funny. There is no doubt about right, the fact but it's that Rockstar way, way can more make funny ass shit. Yeah. yeah, but it's crass and dark in a good way. But um, but Watch Dogs does not seem like that. Watch Dogs seems more more playful and lighthearted, but still, but still quite funny. And um, the I guess my one thing I mean I'm still trying to get used to the controls and everything because there was a, there's a surprising amount because you can do all this on the fly hacking and um and I wasn't expecting that because I never played number one so I'm not used to any of it and I feel like a little bit like how in the Just Cause series where when you get really good at interacting with your environment you know like in in Just Cause you got the little harpoon deal and you can you know shoot it out and and reel yourself in or you can pull objects to yourself and do all these other neat ass things like 
yeah. you know, pop your parachute from behind a car and then fly up in the air and then, you know, grapple onto a helicopter. I mean, you watch people do this stuff and it's remarkable the shit that they can do when they get sure. really good at manipulating their environment. And I feel like Watch Dogs has a little bit of that because you can drive down the road and all of a sudden, you know, there's a, a manhole cover on the ground or whatever, and you can somehow like hack that and turn that into a, a like some sort of a temporary. Um, I don't even know what they you call normally it, but... can make it explode. Yeah, like the manhole yeah, cover is like, like it, it'll, yeah. it'll explode with steam pressure or whatever, and then right. you can do you can hack things like the the traffic lights. Uh, generally, that's the only thing you can hack, like in on the streets and stuff. Uh, yeah, no. but I, I feel like if you you know, you got good at that stuff. You could you could do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, just just going around interacting with your environment, and I haven't gotten quick enough with it yet, where I'm really able to select something and then because you kind of once you select something, don't you have sort of four? You have four options or whatever of how you want to hack it or something. Right? Yeah. You ha- instead yeah, of just hacking like- it, you can choose to like activate it on the spot and it'll explode or send electrical ch- electrical charge or whatever it does. Or you can right. trigger a spatial uh, sensor where, like, uh, if an enemy comes the within proximity. a certain range, yeah, proximity sensor, it'll uh, activate once an enemy is close to it. And then uh, the other thing you could do is, like, trigger a sound so that an enemy will be drawn to it. And I forget what the other one right. is, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. I'm like I said, I haven't played a lot, but I'm impressed so far. I think I'm I think I'm going to thoroughly enjoy it, which which I did not expect to be honest. I really didn't. I thought. I I kind of felt like ah this is just a shitty GTA clone. I'm a big GTA fan. Meh. So you froze for a whole minute, and I texted you to not stop recording just to make sure. Oh really? Wow! I froze for a whole minute. Yeah, it was for did a you, little Did while. you hear anything I was uh, saying? I you were saying again like it's it's pretty cool how uh, you can mess around with the environment, and then that was pretty much it. Oh um, well, I like Watch Dogs too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You froze. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's no, probably, I, I don't know what's going I, on. I agree. It you can get kind of creative with it. Um, I don't know if it allows for too much creativity, like the hacking, especially. Um, mm-hmm. in those little environments where you have enemies and you have to bypass them. Uh, I've had moments where I really coordinated my distractions and stuff really well, and that was cool. Um, when you're first starting off and you don't have a lot of the skill trees. The the perks unlocked. Uh, you're kind of limited in what you can do, and driving around is fun and incapacitating. Like police who are chasing you with the lights or with the thing is essentially the same as Watch Dogs One was, but mm-hmm. generally it's when you compare it to something like Just Cause or. Uh, GTA, which you always have to compare to GTA because every open world game, especially city-based, is now going to be compared to GTA 5 because it's the standard and it's really high. Uh, I don't think it really lives up to that. Uh, first of all, the physics engine is just not very good. Um, it's right. very wonky and uh, arcadey. And uh, the driving's much better than the first game. Still not as good as uh, GTA 5, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, physics are weird. Um, the cars all feel very heavy. Not in driving. Uh, the, some of the sports cars are much lighter and easier to control. But when they hit something, it just feels very awkward and weird. And 
uh, I feel like it takes nothing for them to get all screwed up. Like every time I slightly knock into something, the front end of my car is just total shit. Like it just seems weird. And, um, but other than that, it's still a very fun open world. It's very pretty. I'm playing on Xbox one though. And the resolution is terrible. Uh, I'm, Maybe I'm spoiled really? at this point. I, guess I didn't yeah. notice that yet. Yeah, it's I definitely mean, I'm not on ten- Xbox One too. Yeah, I, I can't. I wouldn't believe in a second that it's 1080p. Um, frame rate's fine. It dips a little when you're driving fast, but uh, it's generally a very pretty, well-designed game. But the resolution's a little weird. Um, Man, how did I not notice? I guess I've only been playing for a short period of time, so I haven't noticed that yet. But yeah, yeah. Or either that, or my vision's going. I'm surprised uh, oh, that didn't no. strike me right away. No, it just looks um, like it. It looks like the pixels kind of don't can't decide what they're a part of. I don't know what I'm saying, but like everything looks fuzzy and pixely on the edges of everything. Like if you're looking oh. at Marcus. And his outline is just a little, uh, a little spiky. I don't know. Maybe it's just on Xbox. Maybe it's my screen. Um, I'm not crazy though. I normally say that. Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm not. Uh, but other than that, it's very cool. I also just want to say it's very cool walking around in San Francisco, not being someone from San Francisco. I hear a lot of people who are from Silicon Valley and people who are exploring it as a city they're familiar with, and they're very impressed with it. But they're not sure, oh, what does this mean to someone else who doesn't go there? Knowing that it's a good representation, that people like it, and walking around and seeing this really cool area, it's very it's very interesting. And just walking around and shopping and getting cool clothes and pretending to be a hip, cool hacker dude and listening to your MP3 player is, is for some reason, engaging and fun uh, on yeah, top of hacking fair, cars and doing weird stuff. To be fair, Silicon Valley is not actually in San Francisco. It's outside of San Francisco. Right, right, right. Yeah, Silicon Valley, then San Francisco, right. Right, yeah. But San Francisco is a really cool city, and I do agree. They did a, I mean, I, I've never lived there, but I've been there plenty of times, and I feel like they've done a pretty good job with it. Um, it's a, it's a cool it's a cool environment. Like, one of the first things they did was buy a sailboat. <laughs> oh, And right. cru- cruise around in the bay, because that was just, I mean, why not? I had three grand, and somehow I could buy a... 30 or 40 foot sailboat for only three grand. Don't ask me. Yeah. The numbers has a deal. The numbers are totally off. Yeah. Like cars are not expensive. And then the boat apparently is not expensive, but, and then also like, uh, when the way experience works is it's followers. Like you're trying to get dead sec, your hacktivist group, uh, up in internet resonance, right? You're, you're gaining Mm -hmm. followers by doing things like playing missions and, uh, putting it up on your website or getting people to download the DeadSec app. That seems to be the main thing. And that's all translated into experience points. Like basically a follower is an experience point. The more you get, you level up and then you get six points to level up your skill tree. And while that's a cool little fiction to go with, instead of just being arbitrary skill points that you're just gaining, uh, it's mm-hmm. totally unrealistic and weird. Like if you explore it just for a second mentally, it's like, oh, this doesn't make sense because you like take a picture, a selfie with yourself in front of this graffiti and then you gain 8,000 followers. And then... Oh, yeah. You- I was wondering why. Okay, I took like three selfies randomly and all of a yeah. sudden this this follower thing, this bar kept filling up and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and yeah. I, and like I you mean- do, yeah, you do a uh, an Uber, like there's an Uber system. That's how you do... Uh, like taxi missions in a GTA game. And you do one little thing and they it pays you six thousand dollars 
and mm-hmm. it gets you about 16,000 followers. So the numbers are just ridiculous in this game. But I mean, it's a fun it, game. Yeah. It's silly. It's good. It is. It, the numbers are ridiculous. Um, like, for example, so right next to where this boat shop was, where I bought uh, where I bought the sailboat, and they had some uh, some speedboats and stuff to pick from. There was a there was like a beachy clothing shop next door, which was really weird because it was this tiny little shack mm-hmm. on the edge of the pier. Uh, I, I don't even know where this dude fit all these suits and shit that he was selling, but this little tiny shack <laughs> was selling all these fancy tuxes. Yeah, and. There were tuxes in there that were worth twice as much as the damn 30 foot sailboat that I bought. I mean, there was a tux in there for yeah. seven grand. And then yeah, I right. walked 10 feet away to the boat shop and bought myself a sailboat for only 3,000. Yeah. Yeah. But, nothing uh, makes sense in the game, but it's fine. right. Totally but it fine. is cool how the game is so tapped into pop culture and modern culture and like. Uh, hacktivism and and just technology and computer culture in general. It is. It feels how they've tapped into all that. It feels a little like dad trying to relate. You know, it it doesn't necessarily (laughs) breathe. We're getting old. Yeah, it doesn't. No, it doesn't necessarily breathe ingenuity. Like it's absolutely these people who get this generation of uh, pop culture kids uh, Mm -hmm. making a video game. It just it does feel like. Not try hard, but it's a little weird sometimes uh, and a little ridiculous. But other than that, it's very fun game, very casual game. You know, I'm just kind of chilling now finally because I played a couple of really hardcore games this year. And uh, it's nice to get a casual, silly game to to kick right. back for with until uh, games like Last Guardian and Final Fantasy come out, which Final Fantasy is coming out like now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying about South Park. How great would it have been with everything that's happened this year, especially in the last few weeks, to have just a fuck-around hilarious game like South Park. I mean, it doesn't get any more lighthearted and hilarious than that. That's yeah, just, I, I don't know. Oh, not, man. Not to open up this can of worms again, but I don't know. Like, maybe that... Talking about dis, uh, dissonant... Like, tonal dissonance. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would have just resounded terribly, you know, everyone. Yeah, Although South Park is a perfect, like, you know, day, week by week satire of what's happening in the world. So, it pretty I don't much know. is. Yeah, it could, that's why it's, it could have been good. Yeah. I, I'm always up for a South Park game. Uh, any month of the year, I'm, I'm up for one. So, especially one about buttholes. Sure, of course. Well, all of them are. So, I mean, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah An abundance of those, please. I know we want to do what's trending mm-hmm. and I want you, you want to do your question. I do have a what's trending quick. What's trending question for you though. Like hit me, man. Uh, I, I can't think of anything right now. So, so I, I don't know if you're aware, Mike, but we got game of the year awards to be you know, oh, dulling God. out soon. Uh, yeah. Come January, we're going to be in the thick of it. Uh, I was wondering, obviously before we pick a game of the year, we all have to collectively play every single video game. Right, we have to play all the games unless if we really want to decide. <laughs> okay, so I'm wondering of the games you haven't played yet, uh, what are you most intrigued by, uh, as far as game of the year contenders? And even though mm. we may not have you know a and comprehensive list yet, obviously you know like which games are kind of up in contention for 
game of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what games maybe you haven't played that you're interested in. Uh, how many do I get to do? How many do do I get to list? I, whatever you know. Uh, well, like, you gotta give well me maybe a number. Uh, maybe I'm thinking day. maybe there's one you haven't played that I've played. Okay. Well, I'm trying to. I'm so I'm going down. The, I'm I'm basically I'm just trying to start with the ones that I'm not that intrigued by yet. Um, I'm not intrigued at all by Final Final Fantasy. Don't care about that. Um, I don't even know much about the last guardian so that doesn't really do much i mean for me. those so far you've hit games that haven't come out and those could be terrible for all we know so okay well i you're right i am assuming that those are going to be a part of the game of the year uh conversation right exactly but you're right i could be wrong um call of duty fuck that um dishonor 2 um maybe a little bit i didn't get super into the first one and I mean, I know you've talked a lot about it being great, and so has Hunter, but um, you guys, I think, are both somewhat in agreement that it's not much of a progression or or, or like they've really changed a whole lot. They've yeah. really invaded a whole lot. And so if that's the case, I guess I kind of feel default. Like I'm probably not going to care much more about it than I did about the I first mean, one. I mean, look, like considering that it's an, it's an iteration more than an innovation, it's probably not a terrible game to jump into. Although mm. I do feel, you know, now that more time has gone by, I feel like there aren't these marquee excellent levels of like beauty and great uh level design like there were in uh Dishonored 1. There are a couple, but like Dishonored 1 had like this great party mission where you went to this masquerade and mm-hmm. you you had moments where it's like that secret secret agent man mission where you're at a party and you're incognito and you're walking around trying to find out information while just strolling about the party and then you go into that one room like where, where guests yeah and then you go into that one room where you're not supposed to be and party guests aren't supposed to be and then you go in full in stealth like assassin mode and it's just it's very very intriguing and very pretty so See, Dishonored to 2 I don't like- know if it's the best entry point but it's very good i get i get that fix from hitman because hitman's been doing that since you know i don't know 10 years ago i mean that's exactly what hitman's been all about like i remember so many different iterations of the hitman series where you would do that i mean you go to parties and you'd be incognito like there was one i don't remember it was like it was the last mission and there was a it was in a in a skyscraper somewhere and there was a heaven and hell party and the the penthouse was heaven themed so everybody was wearing white angelic sort of costumes and then the basement was the hell themed so everybody was dressed up like the devil and all this other stuff and you you were you, there was an elevator that took you between the two and you had a target on the top floor i think and a target on the bottom floor and um you could get in these different crazy costumes and then there was one in the current hitman where you go to this masquerade party in paris and all this other stuff i mean it was just god damn it i love hitman but yeah. um <laughs> So Hitman, uh, like, I forgot that that's that's one uh, one for me, one the game right. that I haven't played and I've been very intrigued by, and I'm worried that like I missed the boat because of uh, I forget what the missions are called, but the timed weekly or monthly missions, uh, those oh, missions yeah, that yeah. only come the up elusive and, targets, elusive targets, and you only have that one shot, and also just the way it was formatted, the way it was released, you know, instead of you playing a mission, okay, moving on, playing a mission, then moving on. You were immersed. Like, I know you're not a fan of Hitman's format, or at least you weren't mm-hmm. when we first talked about it. Um, Still not. Yeah, okay. And it's, <laughs> uh, and that's definitely a factor, but a lot of people like it because 
it forces you to get immersed in this level and learn every PC's uh, habits and all their uh, routines, rather. And you really learn the map. And then when those elusive targets come up, it's like a whole other thing in the same space. And that's the kind yeah. of stuff in video games that I love the most. You know, games like Dishonored, wow. games like uh, Majora's Mask that reuse space in different ways. That's the kind of stuff that intrigued me. So I'm, I, I hate that I might have missed the boat on Hitman. No, no you def- well, okay. First of all, just let's get that out of the way. You definitely haven't missed the boat. I mean, like, it's still a super valid game. The elusive targets are going to be going on for a long, long time. Um, you definitely haven't missed the boat on that one. And now, think about it this way. Uh, like, how annoying is it when you're watching a show on TV, like The Walking Dead or something, and you're in the midst of the current season, and you just watch a super awesome uh, episode, and there's a cliffhanger at the end, and you're just thinking, fuck, what's going to happen? Damn it, I don't want to have to wait seven days until I get to find out what's going to happen. I mean, you think and that's it, bad. That's... You should watch the season finale of last year's uh, Walking Dead. Which oh, well, kept did. people waiting for months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I know, well, I know, but it's like that for any show, and I, I do know what happened on the season opener, this, I know who died and everything, but, um, but like, think about it this way, so if you started playing Hitman to begin with, you were waiting a month to two months for one more episode, Yeah, and that was it, and now, since you haven't played any of them, the last episode of this season is out. Right. And you could buy it and just play all yeah, of them in a yeah. row if you wanted to, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, I want, and, that's the thing. Like, TV, I feel like, benefits from when it all comes out. Like, I swear the best seasons of any given show, I can't think, are the sh- seasons that I just got to binge and just watch the whole thing. You know, right, like Breaking right. Bad to me was amazing. And people talk about certain seasons stalling out a little. And I don't notice them nearly as much because I didn't have to wait a week every single time something didn't yeah. happen a week, you know? Right. So I wasn't sitting there judging every hour of this 50-hour experience, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, yeah. whereas video games, I don't know, you can re-explore. I keep saying this, but you can re-explore those maps and... That's something that a lot of people are liking. And maybe I don't like it. You know, maybe it is I but, jump in and all of a sudden I love that I can just run through because I didn't want to be trapped in one mission. Okay, but so that was but that's where I was going with this yeah, though, yeah, is yeah. that um So you were saying how some people have liked the season or the, the episodic format because you have to concentrate more on one mission and find out everything about it and learn the NPCs routines and all this other stuff and I mean Maybe that's true, but I, but there's there's a couple things with that. And the one, just because you've you've purchased the whole game and all the episodes are now available to you, doesn't mean that you can't spend plenty of time on one episode learning yep. everything. I mean, like if if you don't Some have crazy the guys to do play that, dishonored then, for hundreds of hours learning each one, right? You know? Like yeah. <laughs> if you don't have the patience to do that, then that's your problem. I mean, you know, you don't need to force me into that position for me to want to do it. Yeah. Um and and not only that, but when I play through the missions, there are definitely certain points. Now not every area or every NPC, but there are definitely certain points where you just kind of have to sit there. You pretty much get in a piece of cover that you know is safe and where you've got some decent sight lines and you just have to sit there and mm. try to figure out what the hell the NPCs are doing and what their order of movement is, where they go, how long they stop for in certain places. So I kind of reject the idea that um, you don't get to know all these 
cyclical patterns and all this other stuff if uh, the if the episodes aren't released every month or every two months or whatever. I feel that I have to do that anyway. I mean, and, and especially in this one, they've made it much, much harder to run and gun. You used to, in some of the older Hitmans, like if you got good at it, it wasn't that tough to just go... Mm you know, balls out and just start shooting everyone yeah, in the face. The, the way people people talk about this one, it sounds like that like is never an option. Yeah, it is pretty much impossible to do that on this one. It is fucking hard. Like two, three shots, you're dead. Yeah. And so you're and you know, you 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 kill one person uh that that somebody else sees and all of a sudden you've got seven or eight people on you within a minute all shooting at you. So you're yeah, it, right, there's yeah. just there's just no doing that in this yeah. one. Which is great. And like I mean, it's this sweet game, but anyway, we're we're way the fuck off track now. No, no, um, that's that was it. We were, we were talking about no, what, well, but, what, but you wanted to know what I was most intrigued by. Um, sure. Well, I, like wanted, what I wanted to play one that, that I was be talking about on Game of the Year. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, that well, was that one, one you intrigued by. Yeah, right. But I don't know. I guess maybe. I, I the only thing that's coming to mind that intrigues me and and not that much to be honest but Mm -hmm. the only one that intrigues me right now is titanfall 2 Um, okay and the reason for that is because it's done it's it's so highly acclaimed and it looks absolutely gorgeous um the destruction looks good the combat looks good everything looks good and i do love a good shooter you know that um sure but uh I mean, here we go. We're, we've come full circle now. The reason I'm not going to get it is because so, I've already so got my shooter. Shoot. Yeah, exactly. I've already got my shooter, and yeah. I don't want any more. And so it kind of sucks. Like, I'm intrigued by it, and it's probably a yeah, good game, but I, I, I really, will I'm say, not going to get it. Yeah, I loved Titanfall. You know, I was playing it for about just under a week. I played through the uh, campaign, or at least most of the campaign. I don't think I, I never finished it, but I played most mm-hmm. of it. And it was cool. Uh, the story was whatever. Uh, it was... Definitely just, it was pretty, I guess. It was, it's just not on par with Battlefield. Uh, Battlefield, mm-hmm. we were just playing Battlefield, uh, for our GT reboot Let's Play, our first one. And, uh, it is just so massive and so, it so greatly encapsulates that war feel, you know? Like, I remember we were playing it just now, and I remember saying something about the blimp hovering above us and these planes, mm-hmm. and I remember Josh talking about it when he was on the show, and he was saying, like, just you're running through it, and there's fucking planes, and there's a blimp, and I don't know what the fuck <laughs> it's doing, and there's gunfire, <laughs> it's and, the, and it's just that mayhem is so cinematic and amazing. It's exactly his words. I'm literally saying his words, and it's so true. So incredibly true. Does it so well. Titanfall does not achieve anything like that. The only thing Titanfall has on it is the Titans, which are really cool. Um, and the, like the, the mobility, uh, is mm-hmm. just top notch. And I haven't played Call of Duty. Call of Duty might do it better. Uh, it doesn't have hook shot as far as I know. And, uh, that's kind of amazing. The hook shot in Titanfall 2. Uh, but other than that, it is a very competent shooter that just doesn't hold up. From what I can tell to Battlefield, um, it's it's really cool sh- futuristic multiplayer shooter, though, I will say. Uh, if you want that, if that's what you're looking for, um, mm-hmm. something with real awesome platforming especially, then Titanfall 2 is good. Um, but Battlefield's really, really hard to beat, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm... And I'm to be fair too. I'm one of those types of gamers that, like I've said before, I focus 
on just a couple games. I'm not good at jumping around um, from game to game, and I and I don't want to. I, that's the other thing. I just don't want to. Like mm. I focus on two, three, four games, and that's all I'll play for a couple. <laughs> I months. don't like jumping around games. And I just like fake focusing on my four games at a time. Well, yeah, but I, okay. I, I mean, know we I, talked I know that about sounds this a little like bit weird, but like a lot of people, you know, fuck, they don't even they can't even concentrate on two or three or four they've got 10 or 20 that they're rotating between all the time you know? i've never or, met them they sound insane like i yeah, i've been are. in the spot where i'm circulating between four games and that's like weird and stressful to me not stressful but you know like when i sit down to play a game i'm like thrown by this question like which one should i play so i always like to focus on a game it's hard but this I do year it for a but... long time too like i am still hooked on total war warhammer and i will be yeah, for I mean, there's two years. Yeah, I that's bet. the thing. There are games that you come like, back. Okay, yeah, I understand. Yeah, like I, I say that, but I'm totally not. That's totally not true. Like I play Hearthstone all the time. Uh, so right. you know, I'll jump in and out of it. I'll play it in more in stronger degrees of uh, regularity or, or whatever. Um, but it is my go-to game when I'm like bored or when I'm sitting just sitting on my phone. Uh, and then there's like I actually weirdly play Super Meat Boy uh, regularly because hmm. I want to get all the trophies on it. I want to get all the um, I want to finish completionist, all the completionist. Huh? You yeah. are a completionist. Not really, but this one just grinds me. Like Super Meat Boy, I just like I want to beat all the. I found out that there's a dark world, and I was an idiot. I didn't know until like a year or two after I had beaten the regular light world. And there's like different variations of those same levels, but much harder. And that killed me. And I'm like, I have to beat this. So I regularly play that on my Vita. Uh, mm. So yeah, I've circulate through games. I'm, I'm a hypocrite. Uh, but I mean, as far as like a focus game, if I'm really honed in on a game to beat, it's normally one game for me. Yeah. I would say right now, Man, battlefield. I don't know. You gotta beat Battlefield. It's like just they're, beat they're everyone. Four. four, four is a good number for me because I'll tell you the way it goes. I have two. I have two that I typically focus on, which right now are Total War, Warhammer, and Battlefield One. I play Battlefield One with three friends of mine all the time, and I play Total War, Warhammer with one friend of mine a couple times a week, and then. Outside of that, there's usually a game that I'm like reviewing or or playing from Gaming Trend, and then number four kind of rotates just depending on how saturated I am in certain areas. So like this week, I started playing um, uh, what's it called um, Deserts of Karak, Homeworld Deserts of Karak, and damn it, I love that game, and and I've almost beaten it, and I'm probably gonna shut it down and uninstall the thing as soon as I beat it, and I won't touch it again for. Sure six months or whatever yeah. and then i'll move on to something else but um yeah but that's it i think we should wrap it up okay. that's all we got to talk about sure uh well did you want to talk quickly <laughs> thank uh thanksgiving thing did you want to do nah fuck that people can read it on the uh, internet all right all right whoa whoa you're uh, wait hold I on feel now. i feel bad i feel bad i feel bad because i had monopoly i had uh i had commandeered the whole what's trending thing uh, I thought we would eventually get to the Thanksgiving. Sorry. Oh, my bad. Well, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, Joe, we'll we'll do we'll do. What are we thankful for? And no, we won't. We're not thankful for anything. I'm just kidding. We're just oh, it right here. No, oh, that's yeah, cold. We're, not, we're not thankful for shit. No, I, I guess like one thing we could say. I'm sure we both agree on. Uh, I I had 
we had planned on talking about this, but there's an article. You can read it. Uh, Mike will plug it, I'm sure. Uh, we did a quick little Thanksgiving. Well, some of the games gaming trend crew did a quick little Thanksgiving uh, piece. I did not partake because I'm a jerk. Because you're not thankful I'm, for shit. I, I'm willing to bet that a lot of it has to do with uh, the developers, you know, the people creating these games. Because we sit here and we criticize and we and we weigh up these games against other games and we say silly things and we put up numbers that mean nothing, you know. But in the end, uh, without the developers who are overworked, who are underpaid, and who are often, very, very often abused and uh, who, who <laughs> regularly uh, go into crunch time hours and spend time away from their families and get and work very thankless jobs you know like like secondary lead uh engine programmer you know like who who's like giving out awards to them you know like that's that sucks and but they're all making it happen and they're making these fantastic games and they're the ones pushing it forward you know we may sit here and recognize it and help our listeners recognize the world of gaming pushing forward or stagnating or rolling back. And maybe that helps it a little bit, but they are the ones making it happen. And mm-hmm. very often it's a thankless job. Uh, really quick plug. I recently watched that uh, last of us um, documentary. I forget the name, but if you just YouTube the last of us documentary, it's there in full and it's fantastic. It gives you a sense just in the first 50 seconds, what it's like to be a game developer. So thankful for the developers. Uh, is what I'll say. Yeah, that, you're right. That's uh, they do get shit on all the time, because uh, everything's their fault. Um, <laughs> and whether whether that's true or not, but I mean, yeah, they do. They get shit on all the time because everybody says everything is their fault, and generally the blame doesn't get spread very much further than that. You'll hear publishers get to get dragged through the mud here and there, but pretty much exclusively on the developers mm-hmm. most of the time. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Thanks to the developers out there for bringing us some awesome ass games and giving us some, some joy in the world during these rough post Trump world times. Yeah. Post Trump. Not, well, po- not, not, not so post. post. We're still, we're, <laughs> we're still, here, man. We're in it. <laughs> we're just, yeah, we're pre, we're still blissfully pre Trump, but, yeah. but also, uh, we're, we're also, in that, unfortunately, we're, pre-Trump. How about we're in that very <laughs> ambiguous limbo? Of, <laughs> yeah, of we're in that. God damn it! I can't believe this is happening. Stage, um, but uh, yeah, I'm thankful for them. Thankful for Gaming Trend and all the great people at Gaming Trend. My wonderful partner in crime here, Mr. Joey hey, Clara. Cute. Hey, thankful for you, buddy. And uh, um, hell. I don't know. I got married seven years ago, so I'm thankful for. Oh damn! Congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was seven years ago uh, on Monday. So, but we've been together wow. for like twelve, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, we didn't even get any, we didn't even get each other or anything for our anniversary either. We were both. We went to a. Aww. We went to a. Um, there's a town in central Washington called Wenatchee that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. And um, we were. We get to the we we leave the house and we're in the car on the way there and my wife looks over at me and she's like, "I didn't get you anything <laughs> or or a card." Oh <laughs> and, and yeah, and I look over and I was like, "I didn't get you shit either." Oh it's fine. damn! Oh cruel. Yeah. This is what happens when you get old and gray and you're it's married true. for a while. It doesn't yeah, fucking yeah. matter anymore. <laughs> I hear you. I get mad at my girlfriend for the card, but I uh, we uh, we lucked out. Uh, our anniversary is close to Christmas, so. We can't we can't really afford to do both, 
So mm. normally it's a card yeah. though. You'll you get to that point. Don't worry. You'll get oh, to I'm that sure. point where you're both yeah. like, oh, fuck the anniversary, whatever. It's the same as it was the last three times. So. Yeah, you'll get there. But um, I think that'll do it for today, Joey. All right, man. So um, for everyone out there, my name is Mike Pierce. You can follow me at Grumpy Gamer, which is grumpy with two R's. And you can follow Mr. Joey DeClara at Joey Dag O'Bonuts. That's Bag of Donuts with the D and the B switch. Yeah, Unreal. We both don't know how to spell. It's just... Right. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we're we both mess up those consonants. dyslexic. Yeah. Yeah, heavily dyslexic. Yeah, and, but go uh, read our content, a, please. Anyway. Go read our content. We <laughs> promise we spell everything correctly and we get it edited not by ourselves but by other people who are not dyslexic. Yeah. So it actually turns out okay. And um, go play some games. Have a Thanksgiving don't get caught up in the craziness of Black Friday, and uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks. Good night. Bye, Mike.